Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. Roto-Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie, TPFL, and company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie, TPFL. It's Thursday, it's July still, and it's the 6th of July, 2017, and we have 11 baseball games to talk about here today. Four early ones, seven late ones. Not going to talk about that 6 o'clock game because, hey, it's not on the slate on any of the sites, so we're just going to kind of skip over it. But we got a special guest today, um, riding a hot streak, so I'm, I'm interested to get some takes on this slate. STL Cards, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Stevie, nice to be on with you. It's been a long time since you and I have worked together. <laughs> it has. It's you know, it's been a long time since I've done uh, Grinders Live. I've been doing a lot of stuff on the XM channel, and I know you're focusing on this a lot these days. So yeah, it's nice to catch up, and we'll have to we'll have to do this occasionally. Probably my fault more so than for not reaching out and uh, and offering to uh, come on a little bit more. Oh, uh, it's my fault. Let's just—it's always the host's fault. Haven't you realized that? Like, you know, when you when you get your own like you know thing going here, it's always your fault. No matter what you do, it's always your fault. All right, we'll blame you then. Perfect, man. <laughs> let's let's talk about your weekend really quick. I saw you uh, had some screenshots this weekend. Um, you know, how does it feel to have that six-figure day? Yeah, it was it was really nice. I mean, it, I knew I had a chance that night, but. I it kind of stacked the Texas uh, White Sox game, and you know I stack against Pelfrey probably more than I should. But Texas didn't really go off. Uh, I think Gallo hit a home run that night, but I had some White Sox, and and Frazier hit a couple home runs. So I knew I had a chance, but we had been out with the kids that day, and I was really exhausted. So I was kind of drifting in and out of sleep, and woke up and looked at my phone, and I was at you know, 40K or something like that and kind of went back to sleep and woke up to the notification on my phone and it startled me awake. And I mean, it's it's much less stressful when you can manage to doze off during a sweat like that, which uh, I'll take it at the end of the day. So it was, it was really nice. And obviously I've learned over four and a half years of doing this that you can't take anything for granted. So it's not like you expect anything like that. And it's, uh, it's always pleasant to see the uh, the nice winning days, but uh, definitely can't complain for a while now. If my luck turns sour for a, a few weeks or a few months, it's uh, the ebbs and flows of playing a lot of tournaments, and uh, things have been going my way a little bit lately. Yeah, man, for sure. And uh, let's let's talk on something really quick. You know, you said that you've been doing this for over four years. I've been playing since 2009, so I'm right there with you. I've been playing forever, it feels like. And I have a daughter that's five. So the sweats for me are a lot easier to sleep through now, knowing yeah. that I'm going to be up at seven o'clock in the morning. Uh, I'm guessing they're the same for you. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, there are nights where I just can't stay. You know, people think it's really <laughs> weird that you can't, or, you know, how could you, you sleep through something like that? And obviously if I had stacked the first game of the night and I saw the currently winnings of a hundred and some thousand, then obviously it's a little bit, yeah, a little bit harder to go to sleep. But, you know, I thought, when I went to sleep, it was like, oh, I've got some decent teams. I'll probably make some money tonight and wake up tomorrow and do it again. But, yeah, and it's just you sometimes the days are just uh, so exhausting that you you just go to sleep. And I, I don't know, with, with two little ones, our oldest just turned seven over the weekend. Actually, Saturday morning when I woke up to uh, that nice payday was actually my son's birthday uh, so he turned seven, and then our youngest is uh, is four now. So they keep us busy, and the you know the days uh, the days go by fast. All right, man. Well, you know, congratulations for sure. Um, you know, you do premium content what three four days a week? Yeah, I do uh, the big GPP articles on Tuesdays and Fridays. Those are the big slates uh, where you know outside of the Fourth of July, where we had a weird split slate. Tuesday and Fridays usually everybody plays at night, so. 
Uh, you get a nice article breaking down the tournament strategy for for that uh, those two nights, and I do uh, the DraftKings pitching article on uh, on Wednesdays and Thursdays. So yeah, that covers four days, and then uh, do some stuff for the for the golf premium content too. All right. Before we get into breaking down these games, if you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over there, check them out. It's PlayDraft.com backslash grinders for a 100% deposit bonus up to 600 bucks. Uh, they got a ton of stuff going on right now. If you sign up using the promo code grinders, you'll get access for a few months here to the premium content, uh, breaking down a lot of best ball strategies. So if you guys are wanting to get in the NFL, I did a draft today. Uh, it was a 10-man draft, and it was a 30-second time limit. I haven't done many of those. I had some extra time today, and there was six quarterbacks drafted by one player. So there's still an edge in these best balls. Uh, <laughs> make sure you guys are taking advantage of it. The 30-second timer would get me right now. I'm not quite there yet for NFL season. Obviously, focus on baseball a little bit. But, you know, the concept is really cool, and uh, obviously a, a lot of people are, are saying good things about those. And the fact that you can just, you know, even when I played season-long fantasy, even when I didn't play for money, I was just playing free leagues on Yahoo or ESPN or what have you. You know, it's always fun to just go in and do a draft and, and see what kind of team you end up with. And that's, you know, the most exciting part of those things is, is brought out in the uh, best ball contest. So definitely really cool to play those. Yeah, man, I enjoy them. I enjoy them a lot. Pretty much what you're saying. I like the draft and I don't have to worry about my team for the rest yeah. of the year. Like I'm, I'm set. Those are my you types. Don't, of- you don't want to check waivers on Tuesday morning for 16 weeks and all your rosters there and try to Keep no, that. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. No, no, hard pass. Um, all right, let's talk about this early slate. We've got four games that we're going to talk about here. The pitching on this slate is kind of weak. Uh, we're going to start with San Francisco at Detroit. We have uh, Johnny Cueto against Anibal Sanchez. Anibal Sanchez came back um, and has actually pitched pretty decent in back-to-back starts now. Yeah, he has pitched well, and it's, uh, you know, this is a guy that, he was terrible out of the bullpen to start the year. Actually, got demoted the minors, and you know when he came back, everyone just assumed stack away, and this guy's a gas can, and uh, perhaps he's found something here. So it, it'll be interesting to see what the ownership looks like for San Francisco because they are a very weak offense against right-handed pitching, uh, but yet people still feel like they should be stacking against Sanchez. Kind of a awkward spot. I mean, San Francisco is one of those offenses that they're unlikely to post a, a, a GPP winning type of game to where you're, you're totally prevented from cashing in tournaments if you don't stack them. I mean, they're not going to hit five, six, seven home runs. Yeah, they might string together some hits and, and you know, singles and doubles against Sanchez if he has an off day. Uh, but it's just so hard to get excited about that offense. And, you know, it's not like they're playing in Coors or something. So... I don't expect Sanchez to continue pitching well, but he's at least he's been a decent pitcher in the past. So perhaps he's you know finding some form again. But uh, this is kind of a spot that I'll I'll lay off on both sides for the most part. Yeah, uh, the thing that would stand out to me, it's all going to depend on what type of lineup we see for the Giants. Um, if we see three or four lefties and the rest righties, like sanchez is a guy that can create a lot of swinging strikes he has a 12.65 percent swinging strike rate against righties this season since coming back he's been throwing his slider more and it has a 16.5 percent um swinging strike rate against righties so i want to see like he could actually have found something in his mechanics that you know he's going to pitch well but we'll we'll just have to see it's not something that two starts is going to tell us for all the reasons that you mentioned and on this slate, like I think Sanchez is in play. Um, you know, I don't expect a massive game from him. Uh, any interest in Johnny Cueto here? Probably not. I mean, his, his main point in the past where you could consider rostering him is that he, he limited the amount of hard contact, but that has evaporated this year. His hard contact rates up over 35%. He's never been a huge strikeout guy. Basically, right around league average, which you're looking at for strikeouts. And we always have to pr- to pay a premium for this guy. So, and especially on this slate with limited pitching, the sites have kind of set, have manufactured higher priced pitchers just to have somebody in those high price ranges. So I, I mean, Detroit, yeah, they've been a little disappointing at times, but w- with the hard contact rate where it is with Cueto this year and uh, the strikeout upside being so limited, 
yeah, there's a game at Coors on this slate, so you might as well just take your shot on a cheap pitcher. You know, you mentioned Sanchez on the other side of this game, maybe some other guys on the slate. I'm not going to fault anyone for rostering Cueto. I'll be interested to see how chalky he is, but I, I don't have too much interest there. You're kind of, I'm kind of the same way. Um, you know, you mentioned the Coors game. We're going to get there, um, but it's an excellent spot for the Rockies, and I'm going to have – the max amount of Rockies in every lineup that I build. I'm, I just don't ever do that, but this is a slate that I'm just going to do it. Um, and then as far as the bats go in this game, like, you know, the, the Giants are just not a team that's going to go out and hit a bunch of home runs, so it's really tough to stack them. Um, is there any maybe one offset you would play from the Giants? Um, not really. I mean, I, I suppose you could go, you know, maybe belt. Um, relatively affordable there. And you never know, you know, if Posey's going to play as a day game after a night game. Yeah, they've got the DH because they're playing in Detroit. So maybe DHs, maybe they move them to first base. Who knows? This just is an offense that I play a whole lot. And I don't know, you know, they called up this, uh, I am going to butcher the name, but Jay Young Huang. And, That's okay, uh, I butchered every name I say, so <laughs> you're good. You're on the right and, podcast. And, uh, and, and he at fifth um, on uh, – on Wednesday night, and he's you know basically min salary. So, if he's in there again, you could possibly use him as a punt play. Um, but th- there's really nobody you have to run out and roster here. And I'm kind of the same with Detroit. Like you know, I don't ever mind playing a guy like uh, JD Martinez or Alex Avila or like a Nick Cassianos as a guy that hits the ball really hard. His his hard contact and um, stuff is just eventually he's going to start hitting home yeah, runs. He's he's been he's been a bad luck guy all year. He just he's he's hit the ball hard and really doesn't have the results to show for it that he should. But this could be an interesting spot. And the Tigers have been really chalky the last few days, uh, facing some some bad pitchers. They won't be on this slate just because people have a natural tendency to avoid Cueto. So. The power guys are a little bit interesting here. Um, you know, some of the guys you mentioned, like Martinez, uh, Castellanos, Upton has probably been seeing the ball the best out of some of these guys lately. So uh, I don't mind them as kind of uh, some sneaky plays on a four-game slate. If you're trying to be different somewhere, this is a decent spot to do it. All right, we move on. Miami at St. Louis, Tom Kohler against Michael Waka, nine and a half total. Um, the normal listeners of the podcast already know that I get super excited anytime Michael Walker is going to be chalk. Um, I hate playing this guy. And you being a Cardinals fan, I love it that Michael Walker is pitching today and you're on the podcast. <laughs> well, you can say the same about a lot of the Cardinals pitchers. They just no G- DFS upside really to any of them outside of Martinez. And, I mean, Leak has been terrible lately. There's, there was talk that they were going to pull Lance Lynn out of the rotation. I mean, I'm with you. Waka just isn't a guy. I know he struck out nine guys his last start against Washington, and he has a really good history for some reason against the Nationals. He almost threw a no-hitter against them a few years ago, but there's no upside here. If you look back at his previous nine starts, his highest strikeout total in all of those was five. So you're not losing out on anything by not playing him. He's he's one of those guys that's a little bit better of a real-life pitcher than he is a DFS guy. So, and he's going to be popular on this slate. Uh, maybe not uh, on DraftKings where he's the most expensive pitcher on the board, but it, where he's min or not min priced, but mid priced or kind of in the middle of the pack, uh, you'll see people take him. And, and I mean, he's basically a league average guy, and that's it. I think he's going to be massive chalk today. I really do. Even on DraftKings, like I just see Waka being chalk, and I just it makes me so happy. Like, if he goes out and puts up 30 again, I'm so glad that happened on a weekend, too, because I don't play baseball on the weekends because I focus on NASCAR stuff. So I was so happy when I saw Waka, you know, destroyed on the weekend, and I didn't have to worry about it because I didn't play. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, he seems to pitch well against Washington. Obviously, the sample size is an issue, but, uh, hey, at least he, he got the good one out of the way for you there. Yeah, so I don't have to worry about him. Um Tom Kohler, another guy that I don't really have to worry about. Um, you know, we haven't seen much of him. He came back. He faced Milwaukee. He got shelled in that start, seven earned runs on six hits in one and two-third innings, threw almost 60 pitches in a one and a third um, or one and two-third. Not efficient. Yeah, he's just – he's not good. Like, <laughs> I hate to say it, but he's just not good. Yeah, he's not. And, uh, I mean, the walks have kind of piled up on him the last few years. 
not a whole lot to get excited about there with Kohler. His numbers are pretty awful across the board. So uh, outside of Coors, I think you'll see the Cardinals bats uh, be somewhat popular here. All right, let's talk bats in this game. We'll get started uh, with the Marlins. They're visiting here against Waka. You mentioned Waka, probably a better real-life pitcher. I don't really like stacking against him. I just don't like playing him. I don't see myself really going out of the way to play the Marlins here. Yeah, and he's pretty splits neutral. So, I mean, there's no real benefit to focusing on lefties or righties. Obviously, you take a power bat. Uh, sometimes, you know, you can get rewarded with the home run. Stanton's pretty locked in. He had two home runs last night. So, uh, you know, he would maybe be my favorite play if you just want to ride the hot hand. Sometimes he can be a streaky guy. Otherwise, you know, you're just picking and choosing against Walk. It's not like he's particularly strong or weak against any specific type of hitter. Uh, he's His batted ball profile is really good against righties this year compared to lefties. But uh, over his career, I mean, you're not seeing massive splits like an other Cardinal starter like Lance Lynn has where he just can't get lefties out. But uh, I'm with you. Walking, not a guy I love to roster, but he's not a guy you're probably going to run out and pick on either. All right, we move on to the Cardinals side. Um, you know, anytime you see Tom Kohler on there, you instantly want lefties. The guy has a 482 Woba against lefties this season, 36% hard contact. It's a small sample size, but from what we've seen of this guy, he's been bad. Um, the problem is the Cardinals just don't <laughs> have a lot of <laughs> You got Matt Carpenter. That's about it. Yeah. Like, you know, his numbers are not great against righties either. 339 Woba, 9% swinging and strike rate. Um, the ISO goes under 200, but – you know, you want lefties against Kohler, and if you're telling me you think the Cardinals might be popular here, like, I could see just, you know, putting all my ownership on that Coors game and maybe getting, like, just the Carpenter bat here, and that's it. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad strategy at all. I mean, it, the only other lefty the Cardinals could they could possibly throw Greg Garcia out there, but he's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I suppose you could consider him as a punt play, but uh, he's just – he's not very good. So, yeah, Carpenter's – definitely the top option here and he should improve i mean and his numbers this year are kind of surprisingly lagging especially from where he was a year ago but uh he if they stop moving him around the batting order let him keep, stay in that leadoff spot where he tends to be better for whatever reason he should improve as the season you know the summer months warm up and and you get uh, heat and humidity there in st louis i think he'll be fine he's definitely the piece you want here but yeah, because of the fact that the Cardinals don't have a ton of lefties, this probably isn't a stacking spot. All right, we move on to Milwaukee at Chicago. Zach Davies against Michael Montgomery. Um, kind of worried about the weather here. We'll really have to see what Kevin Roth has to say in the weather report in the morning, but uh, it does not look good. Um, we'll start with the pitchers. Is there anything to stand out to you with Davies or Montgomery? Well, I mean, if the wind is blowing in, which uh, it, it, it's probably going to be a little bit more of a crosswind based on what you, you can see on the lineups page now, um, you know, and, and it's going to be cool for, for this time of the year in, in Chicago. So there's a front kind of moving through. I live about two hours west of Chicago. It's moving through tonight, and that's, you know, going to generate some storms. So the weather's an issue, and this would be a spot where, look, this is the third of the four games, the fourth game's at Coors, so – if you're wanting to punt a pitcher, pitcher simply because the wind is not favorable at Wrigley, I could see using one of these guys. It's not that I love Davies. It's not that I love Montgomery. Uh, Montgomery is capable of of throwing some strikeouts up but when he's on. Now he's somewhat bad when he's bad, and you can say the same for Davies. But uh, this might be a spot where I just uh, hope the wind knocks a few fly balls down and uh, you, you shoot for a punt pitcher in this game. It's kind of what I was thinking, too. Uh, I think that I'm going to use probably both of these guys in a mix of lineups here. Uh, the more we talk about this slate, the more I kind of like Anibal Sanchez, which is so weird to say out loud. Um, but, you know, I could just see myself using some of these cheaper pitchers and just absolutely loading up on the Rockies' bats. Uh, I think that's just going to be the way that I attack this slate. Um, is there any bats in this game that you like, Milwaukee or Chicago? Not really. I mean, the lefties, based on the way the wind is expected to be blowing, the lefties really get a downgrade, uh, and Montgomery's dominant against lefties anyway. So I definitely don't think you want uh, Thames or Shaw uh, in this spot. And the rest of the Brewers, you know, I can kind of take them or leave them. I suppose Braun might be all right, but Montgomery's even held righties to a 299 Woba this year. So 
nobody that really stands out. Uh, the Cubs as a whole have been somewhat disappointing against right-handed pitching this year. Doesn't feel like the spot where you'd want to overpay for a Chris Bryant or something like that. I mean, when you can just get Arenado at, at Coors in the next game, assuming he plays. So, yeah, not a lot of interest here with the weather and, uh, you know, and just the way this slate breaks down. Yeah, um, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, I don't mind the righties usually from Milwaukee against lefties, but Montgomery's a guy that has a 59% ground ball rate. He's only allowed three home runs in 42 innings this season. So he's been able to limit the damage a lot against righties as well. So I think I'll just pass here. Um, just kind of open the weather, just keeps me off of it. It looks like it's going to be a nice cool day, like you mentioned, and the wind blowing across the field. Definitely not something that I want to attempt to, you know, attack here. Uh, Cincinnati, Colorado. Romano against Chatwood, 12 and a half total. Um, I'm guessing you're not playing the pitchers here, right? <laughs> no. Okay. All right, Save a few minutes there and just say no. Yeah, um, let's talk about the bats in this game. You know, I'm definitely going to be much heavier on the Rocky side. I'm, the field's probably going to be much heavier on the Rocky side. Does that make you interested in Cincinnati here? Yeah, I mean, it does. I, anytime you're going to have massive chalk on a four-game slate, I, I think you can you can certainly make a case for a, an ownership-based play. But fading a team with a total of seven, I mean, I just don't think you can fade the Rockies. So, you know, you, you try to maybe if you're stacking this game completely, which I agree with you, I think that's a viable strategy today. Maybe you try to diversify with some of your Cincinnati bats or, or find a one-off from one of these other games or – play a guy like Anibal Sanchez as your pitcher or something like that. I, I don't think that that's a crazy idea. Uh, Romano's a guy that his minor league numbers aren't terrible, um, but he only had a 14% strikeout rate at AAA this year. He had four years in A-ball where his strikeout rate was never above 20%, so he doesn't profile as a high strikeout guy. He's pitching in Coors. Uh, he's probably not likely to go deep into the game anyway. I mean, it, it just – everything lines up for Colorado to score a pile of runs here, which is why they have a seven-run team total. So it's just uh, – yeah, any and all Colorado bats are in play here. The only caution being, you know, with this being a day game, there's probably going to be somebody that's going to get a day off. And with this being the last game to start at the, on the slate, starting at 310, um, you know, if a guy like Arenado or Blackman uh, or Carlos Gonzalez – I mean, if one of those guys gets a day off, you might see a rake-free kind of day if this lineup comes out kind of late. With uh, So just be careful. If you're stacking Colorado, make sure you check that lineup. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, yeah. And, like, the good thing is, like, so if for some reason, um, you know, Arenado sits, you know, you could go over to Suarez. And, you know, if for some reason one of the outfielders sit, you can move over to Shevler or Duvall. So, yeah, that's the only good thing. But like you said, you know, most people on these day games, they're at work or something. They'll set their lineup, never check again. And, you know, when guys like this sit, you know, definitely an advantage to guys that uh, pay attention. So we move on to the late slates. We get started with Atlanta and Washington. Um, watch the weather in this game. Um, Michael fulton against Gio Gonzalez. Um, I don't know. We have Geo as the starter. I wouldn't be shocked if it's Rorick, though. Um, is it Rorick? Wasn't he supposed to start today? He was supposed to start, yeah, and then that game got rained out. So, uh, Or they might – I mean, he's been so bad, they might skip him. Uh, in <laughs> fact, real quick, I'll look and see if I can't find something real quick. If we've got a confirmation on that uh, based on tonight's rain out, I'll see if I can find something. Yeah, I like uh, it before. He will not start. Uh, this was actually about – 20 minutes ago, uh, that, Rourke right? will not start. They're just going to skip him, and uh, Gio Gonzalez will pitch. So there we go. All right. Well, when you're bad, you, know, you just don't get to pitch anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> we start with the pitchers here. Uh, Gio is definitely a guy that's very frustrating to roster. Um, is there any interest here against the Braves? I, Michael Walk is the guy that you can't stand rostering, and uh, Gio Gonzalez is probably that guy for me. It's just <laughs> – if you're trying to follow his games or, heaven forbid, watch them, it's just so frustrating to watch him pitch and work the count. And, you know, you'll have a time where he'll look a little bit better and then he'll just go right back to those same old ways. And I know he was good against the Cardinals his last time out, relatively good anyway, but the Cardinals rolled out like a B-team lineup for that game. And unlike the day slate, there are some decent pitchers on the night slate. And, 
you know, Gonzalez, he's just not cheap enough for me, and I, I'm just not going to go there, even against the Braves. Oh, you mean like a guy like Chris Sale? He's pretty good. Yeah. He's... Um, any interest here in Fulte? He's such a frustrating guy. Like another guy that's kind of frustrating because he has the talent. He's, I just don't think he's ready. Yeah, and it's funny. He was uh, my wife actually noticed this one day when she was watching the, the Cardinals game and uh, found out that Fulton Nevish was born in uh, the town that we live in, which uh, small awesome. world. But uh, you know, I, I think some people might be tempted to go here. It, it got some headlines in his last start, but almost throwing that no hitter against the A's and gave up a home run in the ninth. Uh, but it's Washington. You've got a team that's got some dangerous left-handed bats in Harper and Murphy. Now, you know, maybe if Harper's out, he, he was not scheduled to play on, on Wednesday, um, but got the day off with the rain out anyway. So I would presume he'll be back in there. But if he's out, I mean, you get more right-handed bats in that lineup, you know, maybe it makes Fulton Evich somewhat interesting, but they've still got even, you know, mediocre to average lefty left-handed bats. They can roll out there like Weeders and Steven Drew and, you know, his splits aren't quite as bad this year, but throughout his career, he has had some issues with lefties. So uh, I just think it's a little bit too risky against the Nats. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned throughout his career, like last year, the struggles with lefties and the XFIP against lefties this season is a run higher than the ERA. So there's some regression coming on the already not great numbers against lefties this season. So it all it would all depend on the lineup. Like if we see like a very right-handed heavy Washington lineup, maybe then you take a shot on Fulte in a tournament because you know the numbers against righties are very solid. Um, I'm not definitely not going to go out of my way to roster these righties against them in this lineup. Um, what are you looking at here for the Washington bets? Yeah, I, I mean I think the lefties are the place to go. So obviously if Harper's in there, Murphy, you can get your high-dollar bats there. If you're looking for a value guy, uh, you could go with a Drew. You could go with a Weeders. Um, you know, those guys make some sense as, as, uh, cheaper plays, maybe Adam Lind, if he happens to be in there, but you know, Zimmerman, the, the, the mid priced righties like Rendon and Zimmerman, those are probably the only guys that I, I, I would say no, that I don't want to play. It was so tilting. DeGrom got such a great lineup yesterday. He did. Yeah, he really did. And I, and I had <sighs> moved him to like 50% of my lineups and then I was still trying to decide whether to keep him in and eventually bailed thankfully but uh yeah it it was going to be such an interesting play with him at, at low ownership against that lineup and uh yeah, i'm with you i was kind of disappointed that the weather became a problem of course um why wouldn't the weather become a problem you know <laughs> that's, that's how it roll right? right all right um man you look at you look at the atlanta bats and like you know, you definitely want these guys against right-handed pitching. You know, with Freeman back, Matt Adams in this lineup. Like, there's not much that stands out to me here against the lefty. Yeah. You know, you could take a shot on a home run with a guy like Matt Kemp. Um, Tyler Flowers. That's about it. Yeah, I mean, you got – we at least got seven games here instead of four. So, even though I don't like Geo, no more than one Atlanta bat probably for me. We'll say the the bats on this slate are not the best. Like, you know, there's some really solid pitching options. So Yeah, we need these slates to like mix together somehow. Oh, and have, you know, this would be a good day for like an all day slate, but uh, or at least uh, the games to be mixed up a little bit, but it's a good day to get your uh, play draft action and play the all day slate on play draft. Um, Houston and Toronto, Lance McCullers, Francisco Liriano, nine total here. Um, I really like McCullers. I think he's a guy that's just legit. Um, he's going to be facing quite a bit of righties here outside of Morales and Smoke, um, maybe Goins. Maybe they have three lefties in this lineup. But he's going to likely see six-plus righties in this lineup. And we look at the numbers against righties this season. McCullers has been fantastic, 67% ground ball rate, 31% strikeout rate. Soft hard contact ratio of one point eight percent. There's just no reason not to like Lance McCullers here. Yeah, that's uh, really good numbers across the board, and I think one of the keys with McCullers this year, he's cut his walks almost in half, and that was always a problem last year when he was first coming up. He always he had the dynamic strikeout stuff. He's always had that, but every other start you'd see the guy with 105 pitches in five innings, and you know, no matter who you are, you're only pitching five innings. You're not going to be able to pay off a, a high price DFS price tag more than often. So, 
the walk, the reduction in his walks has just been so huge. So, so pivotal in his success. And then you look at the fact that he's limiting hard contact, which he's always done and, and getting so many ground balls. It's like very few hitters are hitting the ball in the air against him. And that's a plus when you're facing the lamp that does have some power bats. So I couldn't agree more. I think this guy is totally legit. And uh, just the, the, you can see the increase in, in his, confidence and and his skills just after one full year in the major leagues and it's fun to watch him pitch it is fun to watch him pitch that curveball is legit um you know we talk all the time about Aaron Nola's curveball Jose Barrios his curveball but like Lance McCullers probably has a top three curveball in baseball it's just it's dirty um we look at the other side though Francisco Liriano against a team that just continues not to strike out against left-handed pitching I think he's a really really easy fade on this slate I agree. Yeah, there, there, there might be times to to give him a look on a slate with no pitching. Uh, this isn't one of them, and it's against Houston, which is probably one of the worst matchups for him. So no Liriano for me either. Yeah, we look at the Houston bats here. I think they're definitely a top offense on the slate. The problem is you're just going to have to pay for them. So I definitely think they're firmly in play. Um, it's just going to be do you want pitching or do you want the Houston bats against Liriano in Toronto? Yeah, and it comes down to roster construction. If you, you know, the, maybe take a value piece for Houston, which there aren't many, but uh, if you, if a guy like Bregman gets moved up in the order or something like that, uh, maybe you could give him a look. But otherwise, you're paying a premium for all these Houston guys. And, you know, I might do it on a team or two and, and, and suck it up with a value pitcher and just like we'll have to do on the early slate, but – I don't think this is necessarily a spot where you have to load up on Houston because it is priced in. Yep. I couldn't agree more. Um, and I, I, I honestly, I just don't see myself playing the Toronto bats, even like McCullers against lefties, his ground ball rate is through the roof. He's only allowed one home run in 40 innings to lefties this season. So I like smoke and Morales. I just don't see myself going to any of the Toronto bats here. Yeah, same here. And it's not like, you know, well, on the major sites, you're not going to be able to play both the first baseman anyway. It's always a problem, but uh, not against McCullers. I mean, it's it's been a long time since I've targeted a hitter against him. It's really nice when they both hit home runs, though. So when you, like, <laughs> see the first home run, you're like, man, I knew I made the wrong yes. decision. And then you get the home run right after. It's like, yeah, I knew I made the right decision. <laughs> Oh, we move on. San Diego at Cleveland. Um, Lamette against Tomlin. Nine and a half total here. I'm a huge Lamette fan. I think this guy is awesome. I still think he's a little too young and has some polishing to do. So I don't think I can play him in this start against Cleveland. Any interest here in Lamette or Tomlin? Not really. I mean, I think Lamette is all. He's a he's a really interesting tournament play. Uh, the problem is he's been priced up a little bit, so it's not like he's super mega cheap anymore. And, uh, you know, against a good offense on the road, this is probably the time to to let him go and wait for a better matchup or, you know, when next time he pitches at Petco. This is the best spot for him just to go and get shelled. Um, scare everybody off him for his next start. You know, get yeah. him, maybe get him a little cheaper his next start too. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think this – if you want to go out and get Rock Lamette, this is the spot to get yourself <laughs> back down to like 6K. That would be fantastic. <laughs> there you go. Um and then Tomlin's a guy that, man, this guy gives up so much hard contact. He's so frustrating because I love stacking against him. But he's facing the Padres. And it's just <laughs> like, you know, could you play him here against the Padres? I guess. I still don't think I can. He's just so – I mean, his main benefit is that he doesn't walk anybody. But when you're allowing a lot of hard contact, a lot of fly balls, I just – I can't go there. I know the Padres – are just absolutely awful against right-handed pitching. I get it. They strike out more than any other team, and they can't hit a lick. Uh, and that's why Trevor Bauer was 60% owned on Wednesday night. But I, I just can't do it with Josh Tomlin. And if you're looking to build a lineup, you know, if you're on a multi-pitcher site and you're looking to build a lineup that's anchored by two pitchers, you know, like a Chris Sale and another stud or something tonight, Hey, you could do worse than stacking up the Padres against Tomlin, and it, you know it's probably not a, it's definitely not a safe play, and it's probably not going to work. But I mean, with Tomlin's metrics, and you get a couple of home runs against them, and the Padres put up, you know, four or five runs with three homers at cheap price tags, and and your two pitchers go out and dominate, you could find yourself near the top of a leaderboard here. 
Yeah, I was just going to, I was thinking of kind of the same thing here. The highest priced San Diego players, Will Myers at 3,800 on DraftKings. So you're going to get all these guys under 4K. You know, it could potentially be where you can get yourself a sale in a McCullers or a sale yeah. in a, you know, Barrios. You know, there's there's pitchers on the slate. So like a Padres stack against Tomlin's not the worst thing. And right after I said, maybe you can play him. I just keep thinking like Tomlin's not a guy that gets any strikeouts. You said he doesn't walk anybody. And he's a guy that has like a 38% hard contact rate. I just can't play this guy. Yeah, somebody hopefully will run into one. And if if Tomlin is going to be, for some reason, chalky just because the righties against San Diego train is rolling down the tracks, I mean, that's just that's just a spot that I can't I can't go with the chalk there. Yep, and that would be fantastic if it happens. I hope Tomlin's chalk and, you know, he gets rocked. <laughs> so, um you know, we kind of talked about the bats on San Diego. I think they're a really interesting stack, really interesting value guys. Just kind of have to see what the lineup looks like and then just target the guys towards the top. Um, is there anything that's standing out to you here for Cleveland? Uh, it's it's tough because we both kind of like Lamette as a pitcher. And then you look at Cleveland and they've got a 5.5 implied run total. So, I mean, obviously the lefties and the guys at the top of the lineup are, are worth a look. And uh, Lindor's been hitting the ball better lately. I just I don't know. I, I respect Lamette enough to where it's hard for me to target him. So to target hit batters against him. So I I probably won't. Um, but if I do, you know, you'd probably stick to one of those bigger hitters in the top four or five in the lineup. Yeah, I think the lefties are okay. I don't think they're the best options, but you know, it's a small sample size and the XFIP suggests like he's getting a little unlucky against lefties. But the numbers against lefties, he's more of a fly ball guy, so you target maybe one of these power lefties and uh, just hope that he gets a home run. So we move on to Boston at Tampa. I just realized they're playing in Tampa. Um, Chris Sale against Jacob Fieri, uh, seven and a half total here. Chris Sale is just fantastic. The guy is just legit. Yeah, he's uh, he's been the best, most consistent pitcher throughout the year in, in baseball, and uh, you know, the Rays are a team that's got some power, but they've been surprisingly weak against left-handed pitching this year, uh, especially compared to past years where we always talked about them as a team that hit lefties better than they hit righties. And now with the addition of Morrison and with Corey Dickerson, and, you know, they're just a team that's a little bit more susceptible to lefties than they used to be. And obviously you've got Chris Sale, who's no ordinary lefty, and the Rays strike out as a team at a 26% rate, uh, second highest in the league against left-handed pitching. So, uh, yeah, Chris Sale is your top pitcher here, and if, you, if you're trying to find some cheap bats to make him work, it's probably the way to go tonight. Oh, man, going to have to try to make it work to go see a game. Um, man, how, Jacob, far, how far are you from Tampa? About an hour and 45 okay. minutes. Yeah, it's not too far. So anytime the Red Sox come into town, I try to try to go see my boys. But... So do they do they pack? Do they pack Tropicana when the Red Sox are in town? Oh yeah. Okay. Um, Yankees, Red Sox, and when Degrom pitches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, when Degrom pitched, um, there the first time he came to Tampa, um, I was there, and it was completely sold out. It was insane. Huh. Well, I knew I knew probably when the Yankees came that they would uh, they pack it up, and I wasn't sure about Boston, but figured they did. Yeah, it's it's pretty nuts. Um, you know, we look at the other side here, Jacob Fiari, uh, Faria. I can't pronounce this guy's name for some reason. Um, very very high prospect, and he's been really really good since being called up. Yeah, he's a good pitcher, and you know, kind of shows poise beyond his years more so than uh, some of these other younger pitchers doesn't fold when he gets into jams. I mean, he's yet to allow more than three runs in a start in five starts and he's faced Baltimore twice. He's faced Detroit. He's faced Toronto uh, at Toronto. So, I mean, it's not like he's faced a terrible offense. He did face the White Sox in his first start, but a good young pitcher. And this is probably a spot where, you know, Boston might be a little bit popular against a rookie and they're just an offense this year that, yeah, they can they can string runs together, but they've been a little bit weak in the power department. So will I roster Fari tonight? Probably not. Um, will I will I stack up the Boston bats on a slate that also has a ton of good pitching? I probably won't do that either. Not that you can't take a, a piece or two here, but I probably leave Boston alone here. Yeah, I don't see myself playing 
anybody from this game except for Chris Sale. Yeah, play Chris Sale and move on. All right, that's what we're going to do. Baltimore at Minnesota, Dylan Bundy against Jose Barrios. Uh, nine and a half total here. Uh, I have zero interest in Dylan Bundy, but I do want to talk about Barrios here in a minute. Yeah, I have no interest in Bundy either, and Minnesota's been sneaky good at the plate lately. So uh, Bundy's kind of regressed a bit lately. Uh, just a guy you can probably cross off tonight. Yeah, Minnesota stinks the night that I have Garza and Wood with a Minnesota stack, of course. So whole <laughs> night, like, you know, they go off and or don't go off. But I'm going to definitely go back to the well here against Dylan Bundy. Um, Jose Barrios, man, you want to talk about a guy that has a ton of upside in a matchup against a team full of right-handed bats? It's definitely this guy. Absolutely, yeah. And we've seen him pitch against uh, Baltimore earlier this year. Uh, didn't have, you know, he didn't have a, a really a noteworthy start either way, but uh, had that uh, at bat where he, I believe, I think it was Trumbo that he made oh, yeah. look absolutely silly with a three pitch sequence. That I mean, it just showcases his ability, how much movement he has on his pitches. He's had a little bit of a rough patch lately, but uh, this guy has massive strikeout upside and is certainly a pitcher that you can target as a uh, as a, a more of a boom bust guy in tournaments and against that Baltimore lineup where they're rolling eight right-handed bats out there on a nightly basis. Definitely on my radar here. Oh, yeah. I just I, This is a great spot for him, in my opinion. Like, anytime you can face a right-handed heavy team, it's definitely a spot that, like, he could potentially get back on track. Um, you know, you just look at the numbers, and 18 18.8% hard contact rate this season against righties, 246 Woba, 29% strikeout rate, like, Everything tells me just to load up on this guy in this spot. And, you know, me, I'm a tournament player like yourself, so I'm definitely looking at a way to kind of get off of maybe even playing Chris Sale or some of these other guys. So I really like um, the spot for Barrios. Oh, you can stack the Padres and play Sale and Barrios in your DraftKings tournaments. And then we'll, well, I know I'm going down with a ship on a Padres stack or two now tonight. but uh, It's happening for me, too. I always build teams while, while I'm doing the podcast. And, um, you know, I the team that I have, like, I'm messing around with right now is a Barrios, Sale, San Diego. Stack. Yeah, it works. I know. It's uh, Yeah, but uh, he's definitely – or, you know, even if you're on a single-pitcher site and you want to play, you want to get off the, the chalk with Sale – I mean, Barrios is one of the few guys that could post a, a, a GPP winning type of score. Um, any bats here from Baltimore that you like? Not from not from the Baltimore side against Barrios. I'll just uh, let all of them go. Um, you know, on the Minnesota side, uh, Bundy has uh, he's allowed a lot more hard contact and has just a twenty nine percent ground ball rate. Uh, against lefties so you know if you want to take some lefties from minnesota obviously that some of their lesser hitters a lot of them are left-handed you've got the power of dozier and snow from the right side but a lot of their other pieces are left-handed so maybe you could stack up you know a a different way to build a minnesota stack would be to leave guys like dozier and uh, and snow off and then you can get some of the cheaper bats and you know maybe that also helps you pay up for pitching tonight if you want to, you know, take a look at uh, Castro or Maurer or, you know, the, again, none of these guys are going to be super exciting. Or Rosario, Kepler. Uh, Kepler maybe has more upside than some of the others. Um, you know, just a, a different way to approach it if you're looking to, you know, how can I spend up a pitching tonight? And, uh, you know, Kepler is still 2700 on FanDuel today. So, you know, if you're looking for a place to play him on the cheap, you can still get him pretty cheap over there. There you go. Um, he's kind of priced up on um, DraftKings. So. Yeah, yeah. The, the price difference on him has been pretty pretty extreme between the two sites for a week or so now for some reason. Um, and then, yeah, we move on. I, I don't really have anything to add. Like, I like what you were saying, so we move on. Castro's the guy that I really kind of like here. Um, love punt catchers. Yes. Yeah. Guys that, you know, with upside, so... Oakland at Seattle, um, Paul Blackburn against Sam Leo. Yeah, that guy. Nine total. Um, almost a pick em here from what I'm seeing. I'm seeing some spots that's like minus 140 Seattle. So um, Blackburn, one start. Didn't look terrible in that start. Um, I think I'll pass. 
Yeah, he's basically is. If you look at his minor league numbers for the last five years, they're almost identical every year. He posts an ERA in the mid threes, doesn't strike out a lot of guys, has a reasonably good walk rate, basically profiles as like a number four starter at the big league level. And he's not going to blow people away. He's going to be one of those guys that goes out there and there'll be a lot of starts where he pitches six innings and gives up three runs and four or four runs. And, you know, it's one of those pitchers that is frustrating to stack against. Uh, because it seems like he should be worse than he actually is, like Scott Feldman or Mike Pelfrey or, you know, one of those guys that we've all got our vices, the guys that we stack against too often. Uh, that's what kind of Blackburn profiles as. Um, that doesn't make me want to pitch, to use him as a pitcher. It doesn't really make me want to stack Oakland against him. And I'm just, that's kind of where I stand on that side of the matchup. It's just uh, not a lot on either side that I love here. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the minor league numbers, like you said, all pretty consistent. Never, you know, since getting from single A with the Cubs, moving up to A-plus with the Cubs in 2015, never had a swinging strike rate over 10% in the minors. So, like you said, just not a lot of upside here. I know he's only 4,700, which always makes people interested, but there's just so many pitchers on this slate that I just it's really easy for me to stay away here. Yeah. Um any bats in this game that you want to play? Not really. Uh, I mean, Goviglio is always a guy that you can target some some bats against. So if you want to play some Oakland guys, I mean, Alonzo's just continues to have a fantastic year, so I wouldn't talk you out of that. Hit two home runs against the White Sox the other day. Otherwise, it's all, it's almost become impossible to figure out what the Oakland lineup is going to be on a day-to-day basis. They're rotating so many guys in and out. They've got Barreto up now who hit the walk-off home run the other day. Uh, you never know when Rajai Davis is going to be in there. You never know who's going to be catching these days. And, you know, Maxwell and hit fifth the other day. Their lineup is just all over the place. So, you know, maybe if some uh, a value guy is hitting in a good spot or, you know, Matt Joyce is leading off again, it, it depends on how their lineup looks. The uh, the safest guys are obviously Chris Davis and Alonzo, but I just don't see myself paying the the premium for Chris Davis on this slate. Uh, this is a I would not argue against anyone that says they want to stack Oakland because Gaviglio is not a guy that that strikes out a lot of hitters either. Just probably not something I'm going to be doing in that park. I mean, if if they were playing in a more hitter friendly park, maybe. Yeah, it's just that's the thing, right? It's just really crappy ballpark. Um, and on the Seattle side, like. You know, we pretty much broke down Blackman or Blackburn. Um, he's not a guy that we really potentially think is going to get shelled. So, like, you know, I don't mind playing, like, a guy like Cano or Gamble or Cruz, but it would be more as one-offs here. Yeah, I agree. It's probably not a guy I'm going to stack against, but one-off Seattle plays are, are, are always worth a peek. Arizona at Los Angeles taking on the Dodgers. Robbie Ray, Rich Hill, seven and a half total. I already know that my night is going to be turn this game on and just watch curveballs. <laughs> yes, turn it on and watch curveballs. And um, probably a, a longer game than it should be for these two guys going because they'll tend to run up the pitch counts a little bit. And I mean, it, it, one of these guys could conceivably help win somebody a GPP tonight. There, there's upside with Ray, there's upside with Hill. They're both inconsistent at times. Fun game to watch. Really fun game to watch. Um, Whether it's a fun game to target for DFS, I mean, these are the type of pitchers that it's really tough to trust bats against uh, just because they can can be dominant on nights where they bring their best stuff. And, you know, the Dodgers, uh, I just don't have a lot of interest in the bats in this game, but it will be a fun one to watch. Yeah, the thing is, like, I, I don't ever play Rich Hill. I think he's always limited, doesn't really pitch deep into games. Um, But the thing is, like, the lineups that we're seeing for the Arizona Diamondbacks against left-handed pitching is just not good. You know, we see Alex Wood. Right now, that game's in the fifth inning. He's only allowed one hit. He's been pitching really well. Like, we saw Kershaw pitch a no-hitter into, like, the seventh inning, right? And Yeah. Like, I'm not a Rich Hill fan, but, man, there's there's definitely worse matchups than Arizona. Yeah, speaking of the games going on right now, I'll jinx it for you just yes, to please. help your team out. Uh, Andrew Kashner is no-hitting the Red Sox through five and two-thirds innings, which is weird to see. But uh, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. The, the, <laughs> the managerial decisions from these two teams can both be somewhat strange at times, like the lineups that – the lineups that Arizona throws out there sometimes leave you scratching your head. Um, oh, Boker, it's just a home run. Right? Are you serious? That's awesome. I told you I was going to jinx it. Oh, that's good. Uh, maybe they'll score eight now and then they'll uh, they'll come back. But that's hilarious. Oh man, that's awesome. But so you know the, the managerial decisions on both of these teams will leave you scratching your head sometimes. The lineups the Diamondbacks throw out there against left-handed pitching sometimes make you shake your head. And, you know, Dave Roberts is probably ready with the hook on Rich Hill in the first inning if he starts to struggle. So, it, yeah, it'll, they'll leave you frustrated. It, Pollock is back. That's the one positive for Arizona. They, they should improve against left-handed pitching with him back. And, and I'm with you. I don't play Rich Hill a whole lot either. I mean, you never know when the next blister is going to come around or when he's not going to make it past the fourth inning. If you're taking a chance on a pitcher in this game, it's probably more advisable to, to, to take Robbie Ray, who – at least will will be given a, a longer leash and and certainly can rack up the strikeouts even though his his bad ball profile isn't exactly a confidence inspiring at times and the walks are a problem but you know any night he can come out and strike out ten guys so not a not a pitcher you want for your cash games but there's tournament appeal there yeah this is probably just a game that I'm just gonna stay away from um it's just there's not a lot to love like I, I feel like this is a game I can just like x out even on a seven game slate it's nice to be able to kind of limit your player pool sometimes yeah this is the game you turn on you hope it's a four to three game and neither team hits a home run and then you just uh nobody really gains anything out of it yeah um that would be fantastic that would definitely be fantastic um I was just looking to see you know. Trace Thompson, if he cracks the lineup, I know he got called up the other day. Um, he's a guy that I love. Like, he's a guilty pleasure that I love playing against lefties. He really matched lefties last season. So, um, you know, possibly him. He's 2,800. And, you know, we talked about paying up for pitcher. He's a guy that I could potentially roster here. Um, just was trying to see if any of these right-handed, like, platoon guys were cheap. Well, he certainly fits if he's in there. Um and then, of course, you got the pinch hit risk if uh, if Ray doesn't pitch deep into the game or something like that. Uh, Forsyth has been hitting a little bit better lately, but he's not exactly cheap anymore. So, or at least not, I have FanDuel pricing up. He's 3K over on FanDuel. I'm not sure what he is on DraftKings, but uh, I think he was up over, let's see, he's 3,900 over there. So you're not getting a big, uh, you're not getting a huge discount. But Thompson certainly fits if he happens to be in the lineup. Yeah, he was the only one that I saw that was kind of cheap. Um, Taylor is over 4K. Like, he's the only one. So that's the only one I want to mention. We're going to play some home run derby, and then we're going to get out of here. We each pick three. We go snake style. You get a veto if there's something that you don't like and you want to veto it. Uh, the veto rate this season has been fantastic for providing home runs, so that's something to note. And uh, no course field. You can take early or late games, and since you're the guest, I'll let you go first. Okay, so let's see. Let me flip my uh, filter to all day here so that I get everybody up. And I just got to I gotta pick somebody to go yard, huh? That's it? That's the That's objective? It. Yep. <laughs> no Coors, though. Darn, I, th there goes uh, eight Rockies that I want to. Yep, uh, no to Coors. We, we eliminate yeah. Coors Field from the home run derby. Because... You know what? I'll, I'll go off the radar a little bit because we said there weren't a lot of Atlanta guys that uh, we like against Gio Gonzalez. But I mentioned how much – it frustrates me to uh, to play Gio Gonzalez. So I'll hitch my wagons to Matt Kemp for a day, and uh, let's hope he hits one out against Gio. So All right. Although it's probably – if we're doing this snake style and we should we should pick obvious guys, it probably wasn't a wise first pick, but I'm a noob here. so That's okay. I don't ever pick obvious guys. So you're, 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 yeah, we're you're trying to give the people some value too, so, or you yeah. know, some some insight. All right. Let's see here. I am going to go – to the Padres, and you know, you kind of, you kind of got me on this uh, one to play the Padres. And <laughs> I'm sorry in advance for costing you money on this slate. <laughs> yeah, Will Myers is the guy that I like here for a home run. I think he does have the upside. Tomlin, 36% hard contact against righties this season. 395 Woba, more of a tends to be more of a fly ball guy to righties. So I like that for Will Myers. I think this is a good spot for him, and. I feel like I've taken this guy like the last two or three days and he hasn't hit home run. So I got to take him one more day and that's Max Kepler. 
I like that call. I like him, especially again, that FanDuel price is too cheap. Uh, second guy, we talked about the struggles for Fulton Evich in his career against left handed batters. Uh, I'll go with Daniel Murphy. The Nationals have a five run team total here. Assuming the weather cooperates, obviously, keep an eye on that. It uh, was an issue on on Wednesday. So before you just go lock in Nationals, uh, and, and the other guy was Matt Kemp from the Braves in that same game. So keep an eye on the weather there. But assuming the game is good to go, I uh, like Daniel Murphy. It's going to be an easy win for me. Um, <laughs> if I get a rain out here, then yeah. I want to two of your guys. So, right. gotta, so I got it. Yeah, I got to I'm going to make sure. You're going to need a double dong here with your third guy. Oh, let's see. Let's see. There's not a ton of offense on the late slate. So you know what? I, I'll be a homer for one pick here, and it's the only lefty in the lineup most likely for the Cardinals. Don't so even Matt, say it. That's Matt a, Carpenter. That's a veto. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no chance you know i had it all like i had it all like you know ready to go um i was like man i have stl on the podcast i gotta take a guy from the cardinals i was gonna take carpenter at least i got the hollywood squares block on that one yeah you're definitely definitely getting the veto there no matt carpenter all right uh let's see how about uh, i'll throw george springer out there against liriano all right. Well, that's probably going to be more likely to happen. So I probably <laughs> probably screwed myself. It's with okay, though. No, but see, you played the uh, the old game theory with the Cardinals angle, and the uh, you know it's just the narrative. You know what kind of stinks is that six o'clock game is Pittsburgh Philadelphia, and it's Chad Cool and Hellickson in Philadelphia. That would have been an awesome yeah. seven o'clock game. Oh man. Um. Let's see here. Could have thrown that old Bell Herrera sneaky bomb out there or something with how cool struggles against lefties. I feel like this one's kind of off the board. Um, I do like Lamette as a pitcher, but I'm going to go with one of the power lefties. I'm going to say Lonnie Chisenhall takes him deep here. Ooh, that's an interesting one. It's not bold enough for me to veto it, so I'll let you have it. All right, there we go. Any final thoughts before we get out of here, my friend? No, thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully we can uh, help the people win some money, and we'll have – inflated the ownership on the Padres a little bit tonight. All right. Well, I asked, um, I asked Derek yesterday because Notorious does a podcast with me every Wednesday. Who wins the golf tournament um, this weekend? Well, I know. Did he say Tony Finau on the podcast? He did. He did. All right. So, well, I, he tweeted that out later, so I just wanted to make sure he was consistent. Uh, <laughs> Making sure he stays on brand with that no, guy, right? <laughs> no, I know he's not trying to pull a fast one on anybody. And congrats to him, by the way. He had a really nice uh, golf week last week. Notorious did. So uh, hopefully he can keep that rolling this week. I do like Finau quite a bit. Patrick Reed is the obvious uh, choice. to He's the Vegas favorite. Uh, but if you want a, a guy that's kind of off the radar, go for Gary Woodland. I put him in my uh, video this week. Struggled for a couple months because his wife lost one of their twins while she was pregnant. And obviously a really tough thing for anybody to have to go through. Uh, and, you know, he still tried to play through that for the next couple months and really, really struggled. But this guy's a really good golfer. And the positive news is that his wife gave birth to the other baby about 10 days ago. So uh, the, uh, the the vibes in the Woodland household should at least be a little better now. And he's a really good golfer and he's super cheap because he's been struggling recently. So I'm rooting for him. And, uh, and Gary Woodland is my off the radar pick this week. But uh, Patrick reads the chalk option. So I'll throw two out there. All right. Well, I like it. Um, if you guys want to play some PGA action, make sure you head on over to Draft. They also sponsor the podcast, so just head on over there because they sponsor the podcast. Um, if you like doing podcast Monday through Friday and you like it free, make sure you guys are checking out playdraft.com backslash grinders for a 100% deposit bonus up to 600 bucks. It's going to do it here for the Thursday edition of the Morning Grind. We'll be back on Friday with the Siege. Good luck in your contest tonight, and we'll see you then. Bankroll management might not be the sexiest part of daily fantasy, but it's an important one. And that's why we've launched the DFS Analyzer. DFS Analyzer will help you easily track your results and then use them to your advantage. Just upload your contest history, and in seconds, DFS Analyzer will show you winnings, ROI, records by sport, contest type, and more. Don't just view your results, analyze them and gain an edge. Try our free DFS Analyzer tool, become a smarter, more process-oriented, hopefully more profitable DFS player. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for Dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make Dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. 
Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet. And do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for Dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make Dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet. And do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. 